Hello, everyone, and welcome back to True Crime with Kendall Ray. I am so happy to have you here today to discuss yet another case. And if you're new, then welcome. But let's jump into things here. This is an ongoing case. So I'm going to be telling you everything that we know as of September 1st when I'm recording this. Over the years, I've covered several cases where someone will hire a hitman to do the unthinkable and commit a murder for them. And those cases are devastating. However, today's case is totally different because instead of someone being killed, today we're going to be talking about someone who was saved due to pure chance and luck. So let me start out by telling you about Lindsay Shiver, who was formerly known as Lindsay Shirley. She was born October 28th, 1986 in Dothan City, Alabama. She is the daughter of Andy and Cecilia and the sister of two brothers, Brandon and Craig. Now, growing up in the South, Lindsay took to some traditional Southern hobbies, specifically beauty pageants. Now, the world of pageants is very interesting to me. I have some thoughts on it, which I will maybe save for another day. But Lindsay grew up in these pageants. And by age 19, she was already being crowned Miss Houston County. To be clear, this is Houston County of Alabama, not Houston, Texas. She also competed in the National Peanut Festival pageant, which I had never heard of. And you actually get a crown with a peanut on it. She was crowned runner up, which was one of the many highlights in her pageantry career. And by all accounts, it seemed that Lindsay was going to accomplish a lot in her life. In 2006, she enrolled in Auburn University, where she studied elementary education to pursue her dreams of becoming a teacher. But like many of you know, your time in college isn't always just dedicated to studying. There's also extracurriculars, parties, friends, relationships, and Lindsay definitely had that experience. She was very social. She spent a lot of time with friends. She joined the cheerleading squad. And in her free time, she liked to take workout classes. And it was at one of these workout classes that she met her future husband, Robert Shiver. Now, Robert was big into football. He was actually the snapper on Auburn's football team. And once their relationship started in 2007, there was no slowing down. Robert actually finished school a year before Lindsay in 2009, and then he ended up going to the NFL. He was immediately signed with the Atlanta Falcons as a free agent. Then in 2010, Lindsay finished school, and the two of them got married, and they began what was supposed to be a long, happy life together. And their relationship really did seem perfect. I mean, they're this all-American couple. He's a football player. She's a cheerleader. And to many, it seemed like they had a perfect relationship relationship, almost as if it was too good to be true. And maybe it was. Eventually, they started a family together. They had three sons, Grayson, Landon, and Rhett. And they lived in a beautiful, very big $2.5 million home in Thomasville, Georgia. And they definitely lived a pretty bougie life. They were members of the country club. They socialized at all the nicest places. They vacationed a lot in the Bahamas where Robert's family owned a vacation home. It's no secret that the Shivers had a lot of money, but this did not come from any kind of successful NFL career. Robert actually ended up being released from the Falcons not long after signing, and he became the vice president of an insurance company called Senior Life. And he did very well for himself, and his success made it easy for Lindsay to be a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, they really seemed like they had the perfect life. And their lifestyle was nothing new to Robert. He actually came from money. His father owns the billion dollar company Flower Foods. So this lifestyle of big homes, private jets and luxury vacations wasn't out of the ordinary for him. 
And yes, you heard me right. They did in fact have a private jet. It was partially owned by them so other people could use it, but they definitely took advantage of using this jet. So Robert's parents owned a vacation home in Baker's Bay on Great Guanacay, a small islet in the Bahamas just off of Abaco Island. And just to put into perspective how nice of an area this is, their neighbors were people like Tom Brady and Michael Jackson. So as you can imagine, Lindsay, Robert, and their children visited this area pretty frequently. And I mean, wouldn't you? They had all the money to do so. They had an easy means of transportation and a free place to stay. So yeah, I see why they went there. But like I've alluded to, things weren't as perfect as they may have seemed. It's unclear at this point when exactly the affair started, but after a decade of marriage, Lindsay began seeing someone who was not her husband. And this man was 28-year-old Bahamas native Terrence Bethel. It's believed that the two of them first became involved after meeting at Terrence's job, Grabber's Bar and Grill, which is located on the same island as the Shivers vacation home. Now, a friend of Lindsay's has recently come forward anonymously saying that Lindsay had been bored in her marriage for quite some time. They describe her as a firecracker, and they believe that Lindsay thought Terrence was exciting and different. This friend also said that Lindsay had been living a double life towards the end of everything and that she wasn't even really trying to keep it a secret. And from everything I can tell, there was a reason that she wasn't. And that reason is because earlier this year, on April 5th, 2023, Robert decided he had had enough. He knew his wife was seeing someone behind his back, and he decided to file for divorce. And when I say he knew his wife was having an affair, I don't just mean he had a strong suspicion. He knew 100% for a fact, and he actually hired a private investigator to follow Lindsay to the Bahamas and take pictures of her and Terrence together. And some sources, like the New York Post, for example, have reported that once Robert got confirmation and proof from the PI, he confronted Terrence and thanked him for confirming his suspicions. He also allegedly said, thanks for taking care of my wife. But again, this is not confirmed. But if he did say that, I'm assuming he was speaking sarcastically. Now, at the time I'm recording this, these photos from the PI have not been released to the public, and I'm guessing they probably won't be until the trial, if there's a trial. But anyway, by April of 2023, Robert knew with 100% certainty that he did not want to be married to Lindsay anymore, and he filed for divorce. And in the filing, he pointed to Lindsay's adulterous conduct as the reason for his decision. And on top of this, the filings requested that Lindsay not be entitled to alimony. The document states the defendant, Lindsay, is able-bodied and able to work. She graduated from Auburn University with a marketing degree in spring of 2009 and therefore is not entitled to alimony. And in addition to that, Robert also requested joint legal and primary custody of the three children, along with possession of their marital residence, all of the furnishings, possession of his vehicle, and an order restraining Lindsay from harassing him. Now, as for Lindsay, she wasn't going down without a fight. Literally, the day after Robert filed for divorce, Lindsay filed her own divorce papers. And according to her, she was requesting a divorce because Robert was emotionally, mentally, and physically abusive towards her. She states that on more than one occasion, her husband physically harmed her in front of their children. And even after installing locks on the doors inside their home, she was still not safe from his abuse. 
And of course, at this point, we don't know if that's true. Documents that were filed by Lindsay and her lawyers also state that she should be entitled to alimony. They said, considering the fact that she had been a stay-at-home mom for so many years, her job opportunities would be limited. They also noted that she had incurred debts beyond her means to pay and requested that Robert be responsible for those said payments. And in response to the allegations about her having an affair, Lindsay says that any relationship that she was in started after they had already separated and was legally condoned by Robert. So basically, the exact opposite of what he is saying is the truth. Now, very recently, there has been some body cam footage released by local authorities that I think will shed some light on the situation between Lindsay and Robert. In this footage, you'll hear Lindsay speak with two officers about a custody dispute that she is having with her husband. Even though at this point they're still living together and the divorce had yet to be filed, Lindsay expressed concern over Robert taking her kids from her and handing them over to his parents instead of her. She makes accusations that his parents aren't mentally fit to care for the kids and how they don't have rights to the kids. Lindsay Shiver. Yeah. Okay. My in-laws are in the parking lot right there uh-huh. in the white Lexus. Yeah. I've tried to call them. This is my attorney on the phone uh-huh. um, and have not been able to get a hold of them. But that's what I was calling for was for y'all to come meet with me because I'm trying to meet up with my husband right now. Okay. So I'm just glad they can see yeah. the so whole what, spectacle that this is becoming. What, so what are y'all trying to do? Custody? $46. I'm relocating the location of the West. In the divorce. I just had my kids with my family all weekend, and I respected that. I didn't go up there with my family. On the way back this morning, they were in Wigan 20, 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. They were headed home, and then I get the message that they're dropping. he's dropping them with his parents, who have no rights. Okay. The whole reason we're here is they said that you were following them and they they uh, said you were harassing them. And, you know, let me read it. I'm pretty sure they said threatening them, but if you didn't talk to them, then... I didn't talk to them at all. They were saying that you were following them, obviously, and that you got a gun, which no. isn't illegal. It doesn't no, ma- I don't, It though. doesn't matter, though. But I don't. And, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh so, God. she... Mother-in-law, something is she's freaking out apparently. She's but hypomanic. But she has a mental issue. All yeah. three of the people in the car have mental issues. Yeah. They don't need my kids. Yeah. Yeah, they're saying the same thing. They're saying you got a mental issue. Tango Golf, Mike 5139, TGM 5139, white car, Hyundai SUV. That's none of our business. All I'm saying is that's the call we got. That's why we showed up. But they don't have a right to. And the footage doesn't end there. The officers actually end up talking to Robert's mom, who has some interesting things to say. She accuses Lindsay of being not well, mentally speaking, and said they'd even been worried that she took her own life because she wasn't answering anyone's calls. She's left. Y'all don't know her. You don't know like me. No, I don't, I don't know. So it's, it's, not a, it's not a good environment. It's a toxic environment. And it's... Well, I mean, considering not just you, but her own mom saying the same thing, I'd be inclined to believe you. You just got to understand from our perspective, we got to approach this. So do we call the city? Yeah. We get back home and call the city cops and tell them what's happening. The people. Okay. Well, we, you know, we, are, we moved in with my daughter who has cancer. 
She lives right behind Robert and Lindsay. We were headed to where our big home is up for sale because Robert was going to bring the kids and let us see him because Lindsay was not answering their phone calls all day today. So they thought she had killed herself, to be honest, and had taken an overdose or something. I just go home. Get in touch with her mom. Okay. Y'all want to go forth with city police about that text? Okay. Y'all do it together. Okay. Thank y'all. I think it's really interesting having access to this footage because it really puts their relationship at this point in time into context. It's also been recently reported that Robert felt Lindsay needed to be institutionalized in the weeks leading up to all of this and that even her parents agreed with him. And he had even warned law enforcement that she was following his parents and had a gun. Although, like you heard in the footage earlier, she claims this isn't true. But you can just tell that there was so much tension and animosity between these two and that neither of them were going to back down when it came to getting what they wanted. So jumping forward here to July of 2023, Lindsay was supposed to be deposed in a hearing for the divorce. And that ended up being postponed until late October 2023. Now, I can't say this with any certainty, but many people have speculated that it was around this time that she started to feel desperate. It's possible she was starting to get worried about what she had to lose and decided it was time to take actions into her own hands. And what's really important to keep in mind in this case is in the state of Georgia, if you were found guilty of infidelity, you are pretty limited about what you can win in a divorce. The victim, so to speak, is often favored. And if Lindsay knew this, well, many people are saying that this could have been the motive behind what happened next. On July 16th, Lindsay makes a call to 911, and she is reporting an alleged physical altercation between her and her husband when he refused to let her take the jet to the Bahamas to go be with her boyfriend. Yes, you heard me right. I literally cannot make this up. He said, sorry, you cheated on me. You can't take the jet to go see your boyfriend in the Bahamas. And she said, well, then I'm going to call 911 and report abuse. But let me back up a second so this makes more sense. The divorce proceedings were well on their way by mid-July when that 911 call was made, but Robert and Lindsay were still living together in their Thomasville home. Now, I'm not entirely sure why they were still living together, especially considering they definitely had the money for either one of them to move out. Maybe it was for the sake of their children, but Either way, it was very toxic in that home. So for a few weeks leading up to this, Lindsay had been planning a trip to Key West with her boyfriend, Terrence, and Robert had been planning to take the boys back to the Bahamas. But on July 16th, the same day that that 911 call was made, Lindsay decided that she wanted to go to the Bahamas instead which, let me be clear, was still to be with her boyfriend. She wasn't going to go be with the family. And this is when Robert tells her she can't use the jet to go see her boyfriend. And maybe it's just me, but I think he's pretty justified in that response. I mean, he didn't want her coming on the private jet with him and the boys just to then run off with her boyfriend in the Bahamas in front of their children. So, I mean, I get it. So the majority owner of the jet, who owns 50%, agreed with Robert that 
Lindsay should not be allowed on the plane. And with their combined 75%, Robert owning 25%, they thought it was reasonable for them to refuse her access. And then in addition to telling her she can't join them on the jet, he begins removing the kids' packed suitcases that she had moved to her car, probably to you know, make the point of if I can't go, then the kids can't go either. This is when, according to Lindsay, he pushed her, aka the physical altercation. What's going on this morning? So for the last three weeks, maybe longer, she's had her couple's trip planned with her boyfriend to go to Key West. Okay, she just said you're going. That's to Key West. No, I'm taking my kids, my three boys, to the Bahamas this morning. Her kids. Our kids. Yesterday, she sent a message saying that she's going to change her plan and that we're on the airplane is to go to Bahamas. And when we land, she's going to go to her boyfriend. Elsewhere. And me and the kids are going to our house. And I told her I'm not supporting that and not getting on the airplane. That can mess with the kids' heads. And it's just something we're not going to do. Well, I'm going to fix an airplane. She, on paper, owns 25 of that, and majority owner, or the other 50% owner, and myself with both in agreement to not have her on the airplane. So 75% says we don't want you on the plane. That doesn't mean you get aggressive, push me out of the way, push start unloading my car. Push you out of the way? Yes, at the back of the car. Okay, Lindsay, I do not push you or anything. He doesn't want me to go. I raised the back to grab my kids' suitcases. So With a locked car. So we can leave. That's all it is. Okay. I'm going to tell you both, like I told you a minute ago, y'all have filed for divorce, okay? In situations like this, the best thing that we always recommend is y'all separate. Then Lindsay asked the officers if she's allowed to remove the kids' suitcases from his car, which at this point you can tell the officer has clearly had enough. I mean, this whole back and forth is pretty pointless and petty. So he can get the kids' stuff out of my car. It's marital property. And I don't have any paperwork saying that he's not allowed access to the children's property. He's just not able to move me out of the way to get it. So now, so now I'm able to get my kids' stuff back out of the vehicle. Okay, why are we doing this, though? Why, why do you need to do that? Well, because he's taking my kids. So we're going to go back, and so we're going to stand here while y'all go back and forth moving suitcases back and but forth that's between what I'm saying, cars. So that's what's just happened. If that's what you feel like you need to do, then, then I mean, then by all means do it. But you understand that it's making the situation worse, and you're doing it in front of the children now. In the next footage I'm going to play, you can hear Lindsay tell her side of the story. And even still, the officer is like, well, what do you want us to do about this? Not doing that. 
Now, this body cam footage is really eye-opening and important in this case, if you ask me. I think it really shows how calmly Robert is handling the situation and how Lindsay is clearly trying to provoke him. But the thing is, it doesn't work. And this whole ordeal is a huge reason why people believe Lindsay did what she did next. On July 16th, after officers left her home, Lindsay opens up her phone, goes to WhatsApp, and she sends photos of her husband to Terrence and sends two words, kill him. Now, to be clear, this is the only evidence from her phone that has been made public at this point. However, I'm sure there is more. And it's actually how these messages were discovered by police that made this case go kind of viral. And I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that this murder for hire plot was uncovered due to pure chance and luck. And I wasn't making that up. On July 20th, just four days after that kill him message was sent, there was an attempted break in at Grabber's Bar and Grill, the same bar where Terrence worked. The thief or thieves cut power cables, disabled the generator to ensure that security cameras were off and ransacked the bar's safe. And local authorities figured that someone who worked at the bar was probably involved considering they took that step to turn the security cameras off and seemed to know how to do it. And just take a guess at whose phone was searched in connection with the robbery. You guessed it. Terrence. In the process of searching his phone for evidence related to the robbery, they came across his WhatsApp messages and saw the kill him message. And if you're a little confused about why this is a murder for hire plot, you're not alone. It is a little confusing. Even though Lindsay sent the kill him message to Terrence, there is another person involved in all of this who I haven't mentioned yet. Farron Newbold Jr., a 29-year-old aspiring rapper from the Bahamas, has also been connected to the plot against Robert Shiver. And what makes all of this even more confusing is at this point, we don't know how police connected Farron to this alleged crime. My educated guess is that police uncovered messages between Terrence and Farron talking about all of this, but that has not been confirmed yet by a reliable source. Regardless, on July 21st of this year, Lindsay, Terrence, and Farron were arrested and flown from Abaco to Nassau. And that same day, Robert found out about the plot and he went to the police saying he feared for his life and for the lives of his children. According to police, on July 21st, the 36-year-old's estranged husband, Robert Shiver, told authorities that he learned of what was a plot to murder him, saying he came to police out of fear for his life and the life of his children. Police arresting Shiver's estranged wife and two other alleged accomplices. Investigators searching their phones and saying they found a number of WhatsApp messages suggesting a plot. Now, before I go any further, I want to talk about the implications of what could have happened if police had not found those WhatsApp messages. 
Assuming there was a legitimate plan in place to kill Robert while he was vacationing in the Bahamas that week, there's a possibility that his children could have witnessed the attack. And above all else, that's what disgusts me most here, is that Lindsay was willing to not only let someone kill her husband, but let them do it while her children were in close proximity. The trauma she was willing to put them through, assuming this was a legitimate threat, is just unimaginable. And I'm being careful with my words here, of course. I'm saying assuming and alleged because at this point, Farron, Terrence, and Lindsay have not been found guilty. Until it's actually brought to trial or there's some type of plea, we can't say anything for certain. Of course, all of them are maintaining their innocence through all of this. Terrence has said that the whole thing has been completely blown out of proportion, and he's confident that the charges will be dismissed. Lindsay, despite originally denying that she sent those messages, has confirmed that she did send them, but at this point is not admitting to anything else. And the thing is, investigators are going to have to prove that these messages were more than just an angry wife blowing off steam to her boyfriend. And knowing that all three of them have been arrested and the charges have still not been dropped, I'm assuming, like probably so many of you, that there is more evidence out there that is not being shared with the public. And the laws in the Bahamas are very different than in the United States, so we have to take that into account as well. In the United States, in order to be found guilty of conspiracy, you have to have an agreement in place, but there also has to be an act that is taken to further that agreement. But in the Bahamas, you only have to have one of those. So in this instance, is that message saying kill him along with photos of her husband enough to be found guilty of conspiracy? That's the million dollar question at this point. The other million dollar question is, what would her motive have been? Many believe that the divorce and the threat of losing her luxurious life led her to want Robert dead. There's also some reports saying that her parents cut her off after seeing footage that confirmed her affair, and that is the reason that she wanted him dead. And honestly, it could be either one of those things, a combination of the two, or something else entirely. There's still so much we don't know at this point. Like I mentioned, upon their arrest, the three defendants were flown to Nassau, where they were put into Fox Hill Prison. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I really didn't know anything about this prison until recently, and damn. It has been characterized as being not fit for humanity. And just picturing Lindsay inside this prison, I cannot imagine. I mean, this is where the notorious go. This is where anyone from minimum security to maximum, people beg to be extradited from here. You use a bucket in this facility. You don't get phone calls in this facility. And this is where this um, beauty pageant, soccer mom, self-proclaimed TikTok star, this mom to those boys, and also this Georgia mother is behind bars tonight. Lindsay spent 19 days inside Fox Hill, during which she was allegedly unable to change her clothes. And one report says that she had a $6,000 Cartier bracelet on the entire time because no one in the prison could figure out how to take it off. After being granted a $100,000 bail on August 9th, Lindsay Shiver was officially out of prison, but she had a long road ahead of her. Now, before I talk about the conditions of her bail, let's talk about how it was posted because there has been some misinformation about that. Early on, there were some rumors backed up by nothing that Robert was the one to bail her out. Now, let me be clear, this is not true. Robert did not bail her out. He did, however, say that he wasn't against her posting bail, but 
clearly that's quite different than him posting her bail himself. Another reason people have been confused about this and have said that he posted her bail was because some reports say that she took her own money out of their shared bank account to post her bail. Other reports say that her parents came up with the money to post her bail. Big picture though, her bail was posted and by August 9th, Lindsay Shiver was out of jail. We are also hearing more details about her first check-in. Today, she went to the Cable Beach Police Station early this morning. Again, she spent 19 days in Fox Hill Prison, one of the most notorious prisons in the world. Now she's been released and today checking in, telling reporters it's been tough. I really can't say much right now on the advice of her attorneys. It's been hard. I can't speak about it. I'm sorry. Thank you for being respectful. The former Alabama beauty queen and mother of three also required to stay away from not only her husband but her kids not have contact with them and also no contact with her co-conspirators her lover here on the island and also that alleged hitman now as for the conditions of lindsay posting bail there are several requirements that she must follow the first being that she has to remain in the bahamas until the first hearing on october 5th and possibly after that as well. She also must report to the Cable Beach Police Station in Nassau every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday until this next hearing, as well as maintain at least 100 feet away from her estranged husband. She also will be wearing an electronic monitoring device and has to adhere to an 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew. Just moments ago, a car drove up. She ran out with her manila folder. She jumped in the car. She has been released, no longer inside that notorious Fox Hill prison about 30 minutes here from the courthouse and also the central processing center, the police station where she spent most of the last two days waiting for an ankle monitor and waiting for a release. So she was in court earlier today. She was able to provide documents to the court, that $100,000 bond, and also turned over her passport to the U.S. Embassy. And then she was also able to be um, providing um, proof that she has now rented a place here on the island because, again, she will stay here until her October court date. Interestingly, at the bond hearing, Lindsay was seen sitting with her co-defendants and even whispering to and giggling with Terrence, which really makes them look like they're not taking any of this seriously. All three of them are actually being represented by the same lawyer, and they must be pretty confident with this guy's ability if they're all whispering and giggling to each other during this time. As for Terrence Bethel, he was um, spending his time locking eyes with his lover, the alleged lover, and they were touching each other at times. She was giggling. They were looking into each other's eyes. They were all in court today, not speaking, except for with their attorneys whispering with each other, which they were allowed to do, and then answering the court saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. But like I've said, they're all maintaining their innocence at this point. Now, as for Farron, some people believe that there's no way he would have gotten himself into a situation like this, considering he's actually the son of a Bahamian politician. And there are many people out there that are saying that he's just not the type to do something like this. But again, we won't really know much about him until we understand how he was implicated in this alleged crime. Was this all a big misunderstanding or was there a legitimate plan in place to kill Robert Shiver? And please keep in mind, at this point, there's so much we don't know. There has to be so much more evidence on these three. Lindsay, of course, had nothing to say when leaving the courthouse on August 9th. And even if she did, I'm not sure 
many people would take her side. And even though we're in the very early days of this case, the court of public opinion has definitely made their decision in this case. But of course, I just want to say once again that these three are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Lindsay, you want to say anything about the allegations? Any message to Robert or the boys? Both Terrence and Farron were released on an only $20,000 bond, and just like Lindsay, they have not said much. Do you still love Lindsay? What were you guys saying in court today? Would you ever want to hurt Robert, or is this all just accusations with no... Do you have any comment? So if convicted, Lindsay, Terrence, and Farron are facing up to 60 years in prison for plotting the murder of Robert Shiver. I'm definitely curious to see how this one is going to shake out. I'm really interested to see what evidence is going to be coming out in the coming weeks, possibly. I really want to hear from all of you on your thoughts on this one. That is going to be it for me today, guys. Thank you for joining me for another episode. And make sure you follow the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really does help me out. If you want to watch the video version of this show, you can find it on my YouTube channel, which will be linked, or you can just search Kendall Ray. I will be back with another episode soon, but until then, stay safe out there. <laughs>